Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Hello! (laughs) This is Dr. Boris Orlock, the host of the Happy Horror Coffee Break Old Time Horror Radio Show Podcast. What is a podcast? I don't know, but I do know every other week, I, along with my happy robot assistant here, Bite me. Not a butler. Garth, Garth, Uncle. Why, hello. And the heavily depressed, demon-possessed, steady bear, crappy. I did some bad stuff in my life. Take on a slew of comedian, author, musician, and whatever else guests and ask them the questions that nobody cares about. Then they help us to turn online scary stories into old-timey horror radio dramas. Come and join the fun. There's music and t-shirts. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Schlapstick, Hard knockers and whatever else made up name they give the podcast platforms nowadays. So settle down, tune in, and enjoy your happy horror coffee break. Welcome to episode 35 of State of Fear Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, every single Sunday, because he loves my face, <laughs> my boy James. What's up? What's going on, How James? How you doing, brother? Good, man. How was your Halloween, bud? My Halloween was surprisingly pleasant. Was it really? I, I 
the neighborhood I live in, unfortunately, it's uh-huh. a little, it's a townhouse community. Until I move out to my ranch, yeah, I live in this townhouse community, and it's a nice lake and everything like that. Okay, but the security there for years wouldn't let kids trick or treat. Oh, it sucks. Uh, but in recent years, a lot of the elder residents, unfortunately. Uh, have either moved or passed on. Oh, okay. A lot of new families have moved in with kids. So this year we actually had kids. So cool. We went down to the park, set up a table, mm-hmm. put out some chairs, and just handed out candy down there because down at the end of the block, my uh, unfortunately my uh, patio light is crapped out. Even oh, when I change the bulb, it's all but I gotta swap it up. Okay. So I didn't want to shortchange the kids, but. It actually caught me by surprise. Yeah. Because I had to run out and get candy. Uh, oh. I was like, holy crap, because I bought candy? candy for like four years in a row uh-huh. and nothing. Oh, and I, I get see. stuck with it. That's why I'm 350 pounds. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Halloween, man, every time. It's Halloween, bro. Yeah. But no, it was pleasant. How about yours? It was good, man. We had a decent amount of people come through. Um, you know, last couple of years, last year, I think it rained, so we had less people than we thought. Ah. Uh, this year, we, we made the smart decision to buy candy like occasionally starting the first of like October, you know, so there you we, go. Like, like every week we'd go out to the store and while we were there, we'd pick up one bag. So we wouldn't like just load Sweet. It the last minute. Heck yeah. Um, and then we did the whole social distancing thing. So we, we created a pulley system that yeah. went from the garage to the end of the uh, driveway. And there was a long pole and I, I rigged up a, uh, I, I made a, a, ca- a drink caddy and I put a ghost on it and then I would send it down. <laughs> Yeah, I it was, was it was awesome. And if you so if if you feel so inclined, maybe you ought to share that little clip on our site. Yeah, I, th- I think I will. I think I, think I will. It, yeah, and then I'll try to share it out to the other ones just to say, hey man, it's some Halloween yeah. ingenuity. And right everybody here. loved it. All the kids got a, it was got a kick awesome, out of it. Dude. Um, it scared some people, some kids, of course, some younger ones. Of course, they didn't see it coming. Well, and the ghost was I had was lit up. I had like red eyes. And oh man! So, oh like, hell! It looked scary as hell. Something come flying at you? Heck yeah! Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I say we had a, <laughs> we had a good year because. Um, Normally we have a ton of candy left over, and I hate that because I don't want to eat it, but I do eat it. Yeah. Uh, but this year I think we we we, we made it a little individual bags, um, so we can make it easier just to get the candy and go. Cool. Uh, and I think we made sixty. I think we have like ten left. Nice. So it's not bad. Yeah. So you dished it out, man. Yeah. Way to go. Got rid of it, and uh, yeah. And then we had some people from a uh, neighborhood came over and they hung out for a bit, and we just kind of talked in the in the driveway. And awesome. And it was good so little... you didn't let them take Halloween from you? Nope. Heck awesome. No. Halloween. Awesome. Is... I love that one. It's, it's not going anywhere. I thought of any year there wouldn't be nothing going on. This is actually the busiest year in my neighborhood oh, good. that I ever saw. That's good. I love Halloween. You love Halloween. Absolutely. I can't wait to get my house and my land because I'm going to set up a haunted hayride. Oh, I'm going to do all this stuff because, I mean, I want to do all that. I'm going to hang stuff in the trees. I'm going to get some friends to help me mm-hmm. and set up a little haunted thing and then have some candy yeah. and do something like that. Hopefully, I'm in a community area. Well, when you do, um, I volunteer to be a spooky scarecrow jumping out of the corn. You're in. And scaring the shit out of people. No problem. Awesome. I'm now I got to plant shit. corn. Shit. Now, you got to plant corn now. That's right. Now I got to plant some corn. It's got to be high as an elephant's eye. Yep. That's right. Yeah, I'm down. So, yeah. So, today we're going to get into the state of North Dakota. North Dakota. The one state in the union I don't have any stories oh, because my I God. never been there. That's it. Podcast it's, is done. We're over. I know. That's we're it. through. All right, guys. I have a good night. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i haven't been there yet yeah i mean uh, the closest i got was you know of course south dakota and i mapped it when i was at 
Mount Rushmore. I think I explained this on another episode. Yeah. And I never got that far because it was like 348 miles. That's and right, I wasn't going to drive that far yeah. just to get a refrigerator magnet. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> That's a, you know, but you uh, probably just buy one online and say you went there, you know. It's not the same. No, it's not. I'm it's not going to do that. I'm going to earn that shit. I'm yeah. going to North Dakota, and I'm going to get it. North Dakota. North Dakota. I did find out one interesting fact. Two times in its history, they the state petitioned to change their name from North Dakota to just Dakota. Really? Yeah, and both times it was denied. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, look, no, you you, you're change, North. You gotta, what you got to do is uh, convince South Dakota to drop their first name and just combine states. That'd be a big state. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Be good size. A lot of empty space, too. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. But it's gorgeous up there. Yeah. And I don't know a lot about North Dakota myself either, just in general. I mean, I don't know really what's up there. What's I not just up know there. it's north. Yeah. I just know it's north. And you can go that away. Is, <laughs> I don't even know where it's at. Is it near the Canadian border? It is right on the Canadian th- border. Okay. That's what it's I was thinking. North, in my head. Yeah. It's, okay. it's right about smack dab in the middle of the back of the U.S. When okay. You go across the back. And that's yes, it thought. is right on the border. Because, yeah, it, it's along there with like uh, Idaho and stuff, which touches the border. And it's right? a damn shame. Two years ago, I went on a 4,700 mile road trip mm. and I didn't even get there. And I you, was you, close. You couldn't go on the extra 300 miles to make it a 5,000 mile road trip. It wasn't in the cards. Oh. But that's all right. But you went with a group, right? I'll be knocking right? it out next year. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole group has to say Some yes. Some of our ghost, our ghost group. Yeah. A couple of our ghost group peoples. But when you go on a road trip or when you go on a trip with people, with a group, you have to have a, a consensus of, yes, we're going to do that. If not, you're not doing it. I told them this is how it is. Mm-hmm. I've rented the car. Okay. The car is going there, here, 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 and here. Okay. You want to see it? Climb in. <laughs> I'm going whether you like it or not. I paid for the car, the gas, everything. Mm-hmm. So and then they 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 gave gas money and stuff like that and helped out. But I took care of the car because I was going to go anyway. I can see it because like three hundred miles, it's like a four hour trip. So that's yeah. a, that's a long way to go. Like you said, for a magnet. Yes, that yes. makes sense. Yeah. And so I unfortunately had to pass, but that gives me another mission. Later that's right. In life. I mean, how but many, I've been to Canada, how but I've never been to North Dakota. How many states do you think you have not been to? One. Just don't. Just North, North Dakota is it? Oh, then yeah. Then you got to go make a whole week of being just in North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah. And and then after two days you'll be like, well, I've seen literally everything in North Dakota. So Pretty much. I'll go do other stuff. I'll go to Canada. Yep. yep. Yeah. I do need to make a a decent visit to Alaska because the one I did make was a joke. It was like on a ferry boat thing out of Washington. Did you even get like get in like on onto Canadian land, or did you stay on the boat the whole? Oh time? no, no Canadian land because I didn't have a passport. Oh, you gotta have your passport. Yeah. You get off the boat. Okay. You have to have it, or you can just sit. You can sit on the boat. You know, so you did Canadian. And just look, I can see it. You know, you did Canadian light. Yeah, no kidding. You, just, you <laughs> step your foot off the yeah. ramp and touch the dirt, and they so, cuff you and drag you off. Yeah, the sirens go off. Yep, here comes Dudley Do Right. An American on a soil. <laughs> <laughs> no passport. Get off. Uh, how tough can they be? They got a leaf on their flag. That's uh, right. you know. And they are known for their hospitality. Supposed to be very, yeah. very, very nice. Did you watch the hockey finals? No, no, I didn't. I, didn't. I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch sports. I don't watch sports. <laughs> good, 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 good. Okay, so uh, today we're going to be discussing the Midnight Rider, aka the Great Plains Butcher, Eugene <laughs> Butler. But before we do that, <laughs> let's get into some fun facts about North Dakota. They have facts. They have facts. Yeah. <laughs> they have some state facts. So many All people right. are aware of the Coen Brothers film Fargo. Yes, film actually a very good film. Yeah, very good yeah, movie. Based yep. on the, the town Fargo, North Dakota. But yep. it wasn't even, even filmed in North Dakota. Ugh. Yeah. 
The filming takes place in Minnesota, and much of it was shot in and around Minneapolis. Only some exterior snow shots of North Dakota's largest city appear in the film, and the FX television show Fargo, which was based on the, is based on the movie, isn't filmed there either. It's filmed in Canada. Bastards. So, the, yeah. That's just wrong. But that's, they do a lot of shows like that. Any, anytime you see a show that's supposed to be based like in New York or something, most yeah. of the time it's actually filmed in Canada. Well, now I have to, I admit it because I've seen some states where they say, oh, I'm riding through this or I'm going through there. Mm-hmm. I said, you ain't, that's freaking, that's the, you know, the plains out in yeah. Utah. I said, yeah. that's the, the, the Valley Trail out there where they yeah. have like the, the three-headed, uh, what is it called? The three wise men and the arches and all oh, that stuff, yeah. the balancing rock. I said, I've seen that. It's in every damn movie, but it's a different state every time. Well, two two uh, examples that I always think of top of my head is, one, there's a movie called The Fourth Kind. Yes. With Mia oh. oh, my um, God. It's based on a, a actual um, event of people going missing in, in Alaska. Yes. The movie postulates that it's uh, UFOs abducting people and making them disappear. It's actually quite good. It I've seen good. it. It's pretty damn good. But the, I forget the town that, 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 it's, that it's based in, but there's a, a helicopter shot in early in the movie going through like this valley with like these mountains, beautiful mountains with like mm-hmm. green and stuff. That is not even in Alaska. No. The actual town, if you look at a picture of the town in Alaska, it's literally flat white and it's got like <laughs> it's got like 30 buildings and that's it yeah yeah so totally totally a lie the other thing was um there was an episode of the tv show supernatural where you know in in that show the two brothers sam and dean they go they drive all across the country mm-hmm. and one particular episode they were in west texas and i'm from west texas yes and of course the show was filmed in vancouver british columbia oh lord so when they was when they said they were in west texas i was like okay there's way too much greenery. <laughs> west Texas is desert. He ain't lying, folks. The whole state, the whole west part of Texas is yeah. brown. From San Antonio it was west, shrubbery. West of San Antonio, that's like a whole different state because it's yeah. all desert at that. It point. Is. It every, is. Every, everything San Antonio east, you know, it, it's it's it runs green. in that low lying tundra stuff, and mm-hmm. it stays that way for hundreds of miles all the way through New Mexico. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that, I mean, and it doesn't get any worse. It like, doesn't get any better in Arizona. No. No. It turns into like the the planet from Galaxy Quest, where they go yeah. get the you know the beryllium sphere. Oh yeah, New Mexico. <laughs> yeah, New Mexico and you Arizona. They have a lot of a lot of red desert out there. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I was like, that's not West Texas, guys. Good, yeah. good, good try though. Uh, All right, what's the next one? You probably won't find a CVS, Rite Aid, or Walgreens there. State law requires most pharmacies to be owned by local pharmacists, meaning the nation's chains can't operate pharmacies there. A 2014 attempt to change the law failed. Wow. That's right. In your face, big pharma. That's right. Big pharma down. Not, yeah. not in this state, yeah. fool. Go to, go to Patreon, listen to my medical conspiracy uh, thing. Good plug. That. Good you plug, know what I mean? Good plug, good, yeah. Way to sneak it in there, yeah, right? Good job, man. It likes its animal statues big. North Salem, North Dakota is home to Salem Sioux. North the, Salem? Yeah, the world's largest statue of a Holstein cow. It's 38 feet high, even taller than the world's largest bison statue, a 26-foot-tall monument to the buffalo in Jamestown. So they have two wow. large uh, animal statues. So when you go to North Dakota, you can go see that. Go see oh the, uh, the bison God. and the Holstein cow. It used to have sea monsters. Sweet. Some 80 million years ago, North Dakota was underwater. In 2006, an arrowhead collector turned up fossilized vertebrate far bigger than anything he'd ever seen. State paleontologists determined that the bones found on a farm a part of an almost complete skeleton of the prehistoric swimming reptile called the Mosasaur. 
Ooh, isn't that the one from uh, uh, Jurassic World? Mosasaur? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. That mm-hmm. big. Mo- oh, mm-hmm. I like that one. The Predator would have been around 50 feet long. That's a big boy. That is a big yeah. fish. Yeah, there's always a bigger fish. And what's good is that's where a lot of oil is. So that, that corroborates that story. That's right. My company does a lot of work in North Dakota. Oh, so. nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah so that they're getting all those dinosaur bones up there. Yes, they are. In 1982, Rutland hosted what was considered the granddaddy of all celebrations when the town went into the Guinness Book of World Records with the cooking and eating of the world's largest hamburger. Oh, hell yeah. That year. Way to go, North Dakota. Between eight and 10,000 people came to sample the tasty 3,591-pound burger. How the hell did the bun hold that shit? Man, there's got to be a picture of that How? somewhere. How? There's got to be. <laughs> How do you even make a bun that big? You don't. Did you put thousands of tiny buns all over the giant patty? I, you know what? That might be it. Okay, after this, we're going to look up that picture. We're going to see that There's got to be a picture somewhere. I want to see that shit. All right. Two granite boulders inscribed with Thunderbird figures are exhibited at Riding Rock State Historic Site, located 12 miles north of Grenora. Giving the site its name, the drawing probably represents the Thunderbird, a mythological figure sacred to the late prehistoric plains Indians. Yeah, I love talking. I love hearing stories about Thunderbirds. I do too. It's always so cool. Yes, you know, scary as hell. Because if I ever saw one, I'd probably yeah. chip, chip my pants. But <laughs> they're cool to listen to. They're cool to, to hear about. Ah, now let's hear about some famous North Decadans. All right, why don't you start us off there, James? I will be glad to. A awesome Western author, Louis Lamore, mm-hmm. author of hundreds of hundreds of awesome books. Western. Uh, yeah, he's from North Dakota. Western, Western not Western not West. I just froze up for a second. Yep, author of hundreds of awesome Western novels, man. The guy is a fantastic writer. And I believe a lot of his uh, writing, some of it went to the Lonesome Dove series, if I'm oh, not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. I remember that, yeah. I think they used some of his ideas. Yeah, he he, he just like knocks them out. Nice. He's he's literally the the, the opposite of um George R. R. Martin, who puts out one book every 10 years. <laughs> yeah. That ain't no kidding. Uh, actress Angie Dickinson is also from North Dakota. Police woman. If mm-hmm. anybody remembers her from the 70s, mm-hmm. she was quite a looker. Ah, I'm not sh- I think she passed. I'm, I could be wrong. I don't know. I didn't look that up. I just looked up names. I didn't but I don't want to spit out, you know, non-factual Boston. things. You, you don't want to start so, a, uh, uh, what are those things a death called? Hoax. Death yeah, hoax. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> do a death hoax. Josh Duhamel. Uh, it's uh, do them all. Josh Dumal. Do them all. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason I don't know the names because I don't know the person. He's in the Transformer series. Is he now? Yeah. He's the. He's Which the, one is? He's he? the main soldier that's in the Transformer. Oh, series. Okay. Yeah. The white boy. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Him, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Married to, uh, or at least he was married to Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas. I believe he still is. Oh, okay. There we go. I believe he still is. As a matter of fact, that is funny. Me and my buddy Bill were cruising in the car the other day. Matter of fact, yesterday we're going to a Third Planet. Okay. The, uh, yeah. The comic toy book shop. Yeah. Yep. Comic book shop. And we were discussing that fact. And she asked, and I, Fergie came on the radio. Oh, okay. And he skipped it. And I said, What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I said, you need to put that back on there. It was yeah, a London yeah. Bridge song. So yeah. I said, man, you need to play that, man. So he backed it up, and then we, it came up, and I guess he is actually still married. Uh-huh. She's married to him, and I believe they have two kids. Gotcha. All right. Well, actress Lisa, oh, sorry, Lisa, Leslie Bibb is also from North Dakota. And okay. the last but not least, <laughs> rapper, songwriter, Wiz, Wiz Khalifa, Khalifa, also from North Dakota. From yeah. North freaking Dakota. North Dakota of The last all place you could expect it. From a rapper, yeah, for real, I know. Well, you know, in the movie Armageddon, Bear came from North Dakota too. Oh. Uh, Kaduka, 
late great Duke North Dakota. Yeah. Late great uh late what's great his face? Michael Clark. Michael Duncan. Duncan. That's yep. right. Also the Kingpin. Big boy. That's a big son of a bitch. He's dude. a big dude, yeah. It's <laughs> a big dude. Yep. All right, but well, why don't we go ahead and uh, get past all this fun stuff and go into something even funner? Oh, that yeah. being your news, news of the day. That's right. Bum, bum, bum. God, I love that. Music. All right, that, that is that is your theme song right that, there, but that, not quite. But well, I mean, we can't use the Superman theme because it's copyright. Oh, that's you right. Know, it definitely is copyright. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Today's article, my friends, dated October fifteenth of twenty twenty. I love this when they give the time. I'll have to do it. Three eighteen p.m. Eastern <laughs> Standard Time. Written by Reese Oxner. The title of the article is Person Flying with Jetpack Spotted Near Los Angeles International Airport Again. <laughs> again. I like the fact that it says again. I yeah. mean, somebody let him get away with it once, <laughs> he did it again. A person was spotted soaring high above the Southern California, above the Southern <laughs> California. <laughs> Not A, but the. The. Using a jetpack. I'm going to just leave that in. Leave it in. To hell with it. Again, it says. <laughs> I love it. Again is its own sentence. Yeah. <laughs> On Wednesday, for the second time in six weeks, Jeez. an unidentified person was seen flying using a jetpack near Los Angeles International Airport. It's unclear whether this is the same individual who was recently spotted wearing a jetpack near the same airport. There's more than one. <laughs> I mean, okay, usually. <laughs> okay, I mean, is there a rush on jetpacks? I mean, somebody's got to be able to track the sales. <laughs> yes, yeah, anyway, it's pretty expensive. This time around, the jetpack was flying 6,000 feet in the air. Good Lord. That is way up there for for y'all out there who mathematically challenged 6,000 feet like is me. over a mile in the air. Golly. 5280 is a mile. So we're talking another, you another know, 720 feet. Yeah. That's two football fields more than a mile. That is high Holy to be on a jetpack. Holy crap. In a jetpack? It's the Rocketeer. Wow. China Airlines crew members reported the sighting Wednesday afternoon about seven miles northwest of the airport, the Federal Aviation Administration told NPR. Crazy man in jetpack! <laughs> Crazy man in jetpack! We apologize for this racist part. <laughs> Go on, dude. <laughs> the Federal Aviation Administration said it, quote, alerted local law enforcement and would look into the report. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. The FBI is also investigating, quote, multiple reports from witnesses. FBI spokesman Laura Miller told NPR. No one is allowed to fly in the airspace near the airports. Well, no kidding. Yeah. Without authorization, from air traffic control and FAA spokesman told NPR. How many times are you going to put NPR in there? We already know who they're talking to. Well, I mean, and that, they put the FAA like six times already. Yeah, so. well, I'm, I'm waiting for the line. Aries 38. <laughs> or is it Aries 30? Yeah, Aries 31. You want to report a UFO over? <laughs> this includes those sporting jetpacks. Well, no kidding. And I've seen the jetpacks that I've seen a few, mm -hmm. but I've also seen the ones that use water. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, those are pretty cool. Those are pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah, 6,000 feet. That's, that's high, dude. Man, that's, that'd, be, that'd be a hell of an altitude to be at and crap out. 
That'd be scary. Yeah, I was just thinking that. But then maybe they have an emergency shooter, I guess, if unless they're stupid. Anyway, flying 6,000 feet over an airport with a jetpack is I dumb mean, anyway. You, yeah, because you would have to have like a specially made chute that would go over the jetpack. Yeah. And not burn or anything while the jetpack was going. That's crazy, dude. God, that's Plus you're in air you're in air traffic zone in Los Angeles for crying out loud. Yeah. Thousands of flights. Thousands. You're just looking to get taken out. Oh, I mean, well. Can you just imagine the viewpoint being that high up looking down on the ground? That's nuts. Knowing that there's literally nothing between you and the ground uh. but six thousand feet of space. <laughs> you know, in a plane. And 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 the uh stream of air blowing out fast enough to keep your ass yeah. up there, you know. That's that's, that's roasting your ass. That's crazy. That's crazy. On August 30th, two airline pilots reported a person flying with a jetpack about 3,000 feet in the air near the LAX, according to the F- and near LAX, according to the FAA. Oh my! Gosh. And then the FBI, and the CIA, <laughs> the CIA, and they yeah, and they said ABCs and one two threes, and then the guy is MIA. So apparently, the guy has managed to double his altitude. Yeah, it's, so, just, it's the same hey, guy. You know, it's the same guy. It's got to k- be. Kudos to George Jetson. Way to go, brother. <laughs> Quote, we just passed a guy in a jetpack, a pilot told air traffic control on August 30th. The controller went on to inform another pilot and couldn't help commenting on the strangeness of the situation. Quote, only in L.A. You <laughs> I love bet? L.A. You want to bet Texas got California Whoop, We got way more strange. We got some here. weird ass people in this state, let me tell but you. That is the story. I thought it was cool, funny, and, you know, Kudos to this guy, but six thousand feet though. Man. He's gonna he's gonna be a bug on a windshield. Yeah, one of these he days. is. He's gonna get splattered. I mean, especially if the if the plane spotted him while flying. Yeah, one of these days he's gonna stray into the wrong path. Best case scenario, he makes it out okay on his next flight. Bad scenario, he gets splattered by a plane. Worst scenario, he causes a plane to go down. Could it be Tony Stark? No, it's Damn. a jetpack. You know who it is? Damn, it's the Mandalorian. Mandalor- hey. Mando. Hey. Mandalorian. Yeah, I would not be surprised if this is some <laughs> this is some weird like publicity stunt by by Disney to promote the new season of Mandalorian, which came which, out yesterday, which did by the start. way. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> have that, you seen hey, the new episode yet? No, I have not, oh but I'm God, going dude, to. It's good. I like to let them build up a little bit because I get aggravated when I only get one at a time. I know, I know. So and I'm I, gonna choke it back and wait a couple weeks and get a few episodes and I'll binge them. I wanted to do that, but I just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Oh, all I, oh, I, I, I wouldn't have either, but I I'm not tell home. You, I don't want to tell you because it's so awesome. But I do want to tell you. I don't want to tell you. Don't tell me. I'm going to tell you. All right. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, I would not be surprised if it was a uh, publicity stunt by Disney. Fantastic. Say. Like, the next time he goes up, since since he's got 6,000 feet now, the next time he goes up, he's going to have a banner that says, Watch Mandalorian on Disney. Watch. He, he better. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Drag one around. That's right. <laughs> that was a good story, man. I like that. Yes, sir. Well, awesome. why don't we... Of course, I'm, you know what? Now we're done with this fun. Let's get into this really interesting story you found. What do you Are you say? sure you won't do that, man? Yeah, we got to bring it down a notch, I All guess. All right, huh? let's do that, buddy.
Okay, so today's topic, as I mentioned earlier, is on Eugene Butler, a.k.a. the Midnight Rider. Now, I think that was the main reason why I picked the story, because I love that that nickname. Yes. And what it has to do with is, is ridiculous as hell, but I was like... Because the, the, one, one of the sources I found, uh, the title of the article is called The Strange Tale of the Midnight Rider. I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. What's that? <laughs> also called The Great Plains Butcher. Not as cool of a name, but whatever. You know, they, they had Eugene the Butcher? Eugene the Butcher Butler. That's that right. sounds like what the suck material right there. <laughs> Eugene the Butler. I'm sure at some point someone will make a really crappy movie about him. That they we'll just have to might watch. if yeah. it doesn't already exist. True. So in the early 1900s, residents near the tiny town of Niagara in the new state of North Dakota began to hear strange noises in the night. The sound of galloping hooves punctuated the quiet countryside. It was Farmer Eugene Butler, again, who Farmer had, Eugene. Farmer Eugene, I like that name. Farmer okay. Eugene, who had recently started riding his horses late at night, yelling at the top of his lungs. It was strange behavior from a man who was known to be a wealthy, successful, if somewhat reclusive farmer. Yeah, but if you go by my farm yelling and hollering, I'm going to get you with a slingshot or something. Look, if you're going late at night yelling yelling on your horses, yeah, only two reasons to do that. One, you're the headless horseman. <laughs> <laughs> two, you're Paul Revere. <laughs> Otherwise, you don't do that. No, nah, don't come nowhere near my house. Nope. Niagara is a peaceful farm town of about 50 or so residents and is located on Highway 2 on the westernmost stretch of Grand Forks County. I like that. Highway 2. Just number 2. Just number 2. two. Not like... <laughs> Highway 45B or something like that. Nope. The townsfolks had no idea that in the coming years, the story of Eugene Butler would get much, much stranger. Eugene Butler was born in 1849, one of three sons born to Ephraim and Rebecca Butler. I'm loving these names, man. Old school names, man. Ephraim. 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 You know, he's just like a rough, gruff farmer. That's Doesn't take no crap. Tractor driving some bitch. Right there. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you. He is. He was of English descent, with his family having roots in Braintree, Essex, England. Braintree is the weirdest damn name for a, a little town ever. Braintree. That sounds like a company name, hey, not a town name. Got to give it up to the English. He came from a prosperous family and moved to Grand Forks County in 1880 with a number of others from New York State. Jealous. Why? Because he lived in 1880. Oh, man. I would have, I I've always said I've been born in the wrong century. I should have been an old West guy. Yeah, no soap, no showers, just roughing it out that. there. That's right. That's right. Making your own food. Somebody lip off. That's right. Doc Holiday. that You, you would have been an outlaw for sure, huh? Actually, no. I'd probably been a lawman. You've been a lawman? I would have I loved to have been like Rooster Cockburn. You know, oh, federal, yeah. you know, marshal. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. A territory marshal or something like that. You, you would have joined the Rough Riders. I'm more of a bad guy. I'm not a murderer, but I'd, I I like to go after bad people. You, you would have so. been like a, um, what was the yeah, um, regulator. That's right. You've been a regulator. That's, That's right. right, fool. He picked out three quarters of a section of land near Laramore and started farming in 1882. He rapidly improved the land and built a substantial home, and he was by all accounts a moderately well-fixed farmer. In spite of the fact that he had made many friends, he continued to live alone on the farm, doing all the work about the house. He maintained it on his own, never married, and lived as a recluse, avoiding contacts with neighbors and only going out for business purposes to nearby Laramore, North Dakota, to hire farmhands to maintain his farm during the summer months when he needed more help. That's right. He would eventually... He needed some help. He he would eventually amass a healthy fortune during his time. His home at the time was valued at approximately $50,000, which is $1.4 million in 2020 money. Nice. 
He owned considerable amounts of land in Grand Forks County and, after his death, was found to have $6,000 in cash in his small house, equivalent to $175,000 in 2020 money. Damn. He just had that in his house laying around. Eighteen six grand in 1880. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Uh, he died in 1913. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Still a lot. Still a lot. Still a lot. From 1913, just over 100 years later, wow. $6,000 would have been $175,000. Ew. Yeah. It was immediately following the move to North Dakota that Butler was noticed to have changed considerably and began showing signs of mental illness, including suffering from hallucinations and thinking that invisible people were chasing him. <laughs> <laughs> Butler refused to let anyone take his photo because he thought it would steal his soul and he would die. Now, he's not the first person to think that, though. No, he's not. There were a lot of people back there's then who thought you did that and you take their soul from I mean, there's some religions that think that. Yeah. But he's one individual in the... In the That's why everybody in those old West photos never smiled. <laughs> That's because he took too long to take. And they were like, you took my soul. <laughs> he would also wake up in the middle of the night, prowling his land and, per- and perusing his home, convinced someone was trying to break in or trespass. Now, if he had that much money in his house... Yeah, that, that's a cause for paranoia. Mm-hmm. I mean, Especially I, if anybody knew about it. And but see that that's kind of a, I guess a, a a thought because he it said that he he tried to you know he meant to be a recluse. He barely went to town, so you think he wouldn't have told a lot of people about it. But being in town, he may have casually mentioned it. I got six thousand dollars in my floorboards. Yeah, and so yeah, when, he, sure. when he gets back home, he's like, "Crap, what did I say that they're, they're going to they're come steal it?" Yeah, those who are familiar with this case. State that he lost his mind through his hermit habits. That's hard to say, hermit habits. That's, that's what I'm saying. They're trying to trip you up. They are trying to trip me up, man. Stop that. He gradually became worse and was taken before an insanity board. And at some point in 1906, Butler's mental illness reached his peak. And that is when he began to ride his horse at night at breakneck speed about the country and yelling at the top of his lungs. <laughs> I wonder what he was yelling. I don't know. <laughs> I want chicken. <laughs> I want burgers. Stop. <laughs> Where's the beef? They took my shoes. <laughs> oh, man. At that point, he was committed to the North Dakota State Hospital in Jamestown and placed under the supervision of Dr. W.M. Hotchkiss. Hotchkiss. And for the next seven years, Butler would continue to have hallucinations and paranoia, though he would live out his final years in relative peace. From talking to the staff about men who would come into his home during the night and force him to get dressed and take him on long walks or horseback rides, for no reason, to his fears about invisible figures that he claimed were chasing after him. According to one of his doctors, Dr. A.W. Guest, uh, and quote, Mr. Butler was a man of small stature, very gallant, and fond of attending the hospital dances, even falling desperately in love with one of the female physicians. Now, wait a minute. What about the recluse stuff? What do you mean? Oh, well, well, at this point, he's. I mean, you can't be a recluse when you're in the hospital because I you're guess not constantly. So at yeah, that the, point, the whole night Florence Nightingale effect yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Actually, that's in the reverse though. If he's falling in love with her, she may not want nothing to do with his. Ass. So there are. There's another condition. There's um. There's a Florence Nightingale where the nurse falls in love with the patient, but then there's another one where the patient falls in love with the the caregiver. I forget what that's called. Um. It's, yeah, it's it's another condition that's reversed. Warning? No, I mean, shit. <laughs> no, it's not that. Um, I forget what it's called. But yeah, there's another condition that's called that where the, the patient falls in love with the caregiver for no reason. Whether it's male or female Weird. or the same sex or not, they just happen because they were saved. They just suddenly have this love for them. So Eugene Butler died on October 22nd, 1913. 
and was buried in Middleport, New York, by his relatives. His estate would be divided between his living relatives and his property in Niagara sat for the next two years untouched. On June 25, 1915, excavations began on the property for the purpose of renovating it when the workmen were surprised by a grisly discovery. While digging a cellar under the house, they discovered six skeletons covered by six feet of dirt, five of which were adults, one a child. I was wondering when this was going to come in. <laughs> I'm serious. I was yeah. wondering where, when the dead people come in. He's already dead, and all he did was hoop and holler and went crazy. Yeah, yeah. and and this is, this is where we started. Nice. It was believed by authorities they were murdered by Butler while employed by him as farmhands. The skulls of each had been crushed. The bodies had been dropped into the basement through a cleverly constructed trap door. Legs were broken on some of the victims so they would fit into the shallow graves. Holy Moses. Initially, there was a theory that five of the remains belonged to a family consisting of two women, probably housekeepers, and their children. Nobody in the neighborhood, however, ever recalled the family that had ever gone missing in the county. Now, later examinations of the skeletons found showed that five of the murders were committed at one time when a man, a woman, and three kids were slain. At some later date... The sixth person was killed. Huh. Examination of the skeletons in, indicate five crimes were committed at once. Bodies have been stripped of clothing. The bodies of the five members of the family were buried in a single hole, while that of the other victim was buried about 10 feet from them. <laughs> the five bodies were buried in a hole that was dug from the outside of the house under the foundation. The hole into which these bodies were dumped was sloping in nature. And while time may have rotted the bones, there are indications that in order to hide his crime, Butler was compelled to break the legs of at least two of his victims. Oh, man. Some of that misery hobbling crap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Crazy Grab that Kathy damn Bates. sledge and break them legs. Ay, <laughs> The foundation wall where the bodies had been buried was disturbed after its construction, which was about 20 years prior to when they found the bodies. Ooh. So it was sometime after the yeah. house was built. So in that twenty years was when they bodies. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, just twenty year period. So that, but that yeah. fact limits the period from in which the murders occurred. In order to bury the victims, the, the three bottom stones of the foundation wall were loosened. In refilling the hole, black dirt was thrown in, and the manner in which the burial place was dug, indicated by the marked lines of distinction between the black dirt used as a covering and a red clay subsoil. Oh man, a lot of science going on. No, there. no, no. You know, I ain't trying to hide nothing there. No, no not at all. Black, yeah, no. The six skeletons were found completely nude. The dirt about the skeletons was carefully examined for traces of buttons, shoes, etc., but nothing was found. So their clothes were probably destroyed by fire, thus effectively destroying the possibility of identification at that time. Examination of the skull of the single victim, and probably the most recent murder victim, indicated that the man had a crooked nose, the nasal bone had been slightly bent toward the left. That some sharp instrument was used in killing the members of the family also was indicated. There is a sharp and clearly defined hole in the left side of the skull of each. Oh. The skull of the single victim is similarly marked. So he stabbed him in the him head with something. Or bashed him in the head with something like the like, like the, a pickaxe. Like a pickaxe. Yeah. Yeah. And and Sing, a single sharp, yeah. And did was... the same to each single each single one. Yeah. Aye, aye, Repeated aye. the motion again and again. However, Later, the authorities had apparently determined that the original theory, that of a family of five, was killed first, followed by one individual, was incorrect. Neighbors, however, do not remember a family of the five ever visiting the farm, and nobody ever reported a family of five missing. One theory was that perhaps five of Eugene's family members came to visit, 
and he dispatched them before anyone had seen them at the farm. But that would have set off some kind of suspicion, I would think, wouldn't you? You would notice amongst the family something. You would notice five family members gone. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's there's a good chance at least. I mean, just let's play low odds. At least two of them mentioned to somebody else they were going to see Eugene. Yeah, at least that's what I'm saying. But so I don't I don't think that one holds water myself. No, me either. The passage of time between the murders and the discovery of their bodies further hindered any identification of the victims. Later, police revealed that all the skeletons belonged to young men. One of them being a boy between age 15 and 18 and another who had a crooked nose. Authorities couldn't identify the individuals and suggested they were all vagrants employed as farmhands by Butler, which would explain why nobody had noticed their disappearances. Damn it. And that's exactly what I was going to say. Were you? You know what? Good research. Because I was going to say they're probably either drifters or somebody coming in town just looking for work. And he took them in. Because there, there's that one single line that I said earlier that he would go into town during the summer months to yep. hire farmhands. Hire farmhands. And most likely they were farmhands who were people who were drifting through town. Drifting through town looking just looking for, for a few bucks to, mm-hmm. so they can move on. Absolutely. Yep. People did that all the time. Work, you know, travel, stop for a little while, work mm-hmm. a little bit so they can get farther. But, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And, and since since the, the according to what they found in, in like, the, the foundation in the dirt, since the crime happened in a very short uh, uh, time span, and they were all done at one time, perhaps the individuals he picked for one particular summer, he felt like they were all ganging up to rob him. And he felt like he had to... That's very possible, especially, like I said, if he was keeping large amounts of cash around the house. And he was mentally ill. And maybe he took them all out in their sleep or something. Yeah, because he thought all five of them were going to get together and rob him before they left. Good theory, brother. On July 22nd, 1915, the Valley City Times record published a story about a possible identity for one of the victims. Leo Urbanski, a wealthy businessman and former saloon keeper from Minnesota, wondered whether his brother might be one of the single male victims whose remains were found at Butler's farm and asked his attorney to send a letter to state's attorney, O.B. Burtness. That's a great name. Burtness. <laughs> he said O.B. I went straight to one Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right. These are not the bodies you're looking for. That's right. Quote, I have been requested to make inquiry concerning John Urbanski, who disappeared near Niagara, North Dakota in 1902. The last heard from him was a letter received by his brother stating that he was working for a bachelor near Niagara. Oh, damn. The postmark showed that the letter had been mailed at Larimore. That's actually, I I mean, that screams to me to be one of the victims for sure. That's definitely. uh, Near Niagara for a bachelor. Yep. working, Working for a bachelor. Postmark near Larimore. 1902 was around the time he was getting ready to, uh, he was he was making additions to his house yep. or, pro- or probably hiring summer That's work. That's it. Yeah. Yep. John Urbanski was a young man about five feet, six inches in height, weighing 145 pounds, light hair, almost white, and light complexion. He was sometimes called John Miller, and such may have been the name he was called when working near Niagara, end quote. In the century since Butler's crimes were revealed, little progress has been made and the victims have never been positively identified. How could they if nobody actually knew they were gone? Right. It's like I said, because, you know, back in the old West days, mm-hmm. yeah, family members roam out into the prairie and vanish. They buried, yeah. How many thousands of people are buried, you know, God knows where? Right. Anywhere in the United States, anywhere yeah. you drive. They could be under freeways. They could be in picnic areas, mm-hmm. anywhere, you know, because when All people the died, they'd bury them right where they, you know, yeah. where they fell. Or p- people who died, like, in, in vast expanses who never found their bodies. So, just so they probably never thought twice just, about it yeah. back then. You know, well, he might, I guess he got in something, got himself killed. Yeah, he's, he did. Or, he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. How, how many, like, older male members or how many, like, um, single people who 
felt like they were being a, a drain on their family, decided they need to go find their own way. That's it. And just took off and became drifters. And became a foundation. A foundation. Apparently. <laughs> they were the foundation of this man's house of horrors. I, I guess so, yeah. A story from the Ward County Independent on September 2nd, 1915, said the bones of the victims were held in Grand Forks at the office of Sheriff Art Turner, but WDAY-TV slash Fargo reported in 1916 that, upon hearing of the crime, townspeople flooded to the butler home and looted the bones of the victims. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so then then you've got that. So I was leaning back. Sorry about that. What the heck? Looting bones of victims? Looting bones. In 1915? 1916, yeah. Oh, Lord. The whereabouts of the bones are unknown today. The butler home was raised, and today a workshop. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry, it, I don't even cut No, no, like you're that, fine. Yeah. Somebody stole the bones. All the bones are gone now. They don't know where the hell they are. They don't know where they're at. They're, they're gone. So no they, wonder they haven't been able to identify them. You they, can't identify what no, you can't. You don't no have. DNA. Yeah. The butler home was raised, and today a workshop owned by an area family stands on the site. To this day, Butler's victims remain unidentified. According to Dr. Phoebe Stubblefield. Man, that's a weird name. Phoebe Stubblefield. Phoebe Stubblefield. I'm Phoebe Stubblefield. (laughs) An anthropology professor at the University of North Dakota. If, by any chance, a surviving member of the people who stole the victim's bones comes forward and hands them over, modern DNA techniques can be used to identify them. Why... In God's name, would you go steal bones from somebody? I, most likely, they were. It was like a, uh, I don't know what the, what the word is, but you a know, prank. Not a prank. It's 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 like it's like weird collecting. It's like it's it's like people who collect like you know, um, you know what? Zach Bagans. What oh, does he have? He has Doctor uh, Kavorkin's van. That's true. He has that dirt from that stupid ass house. That's true. Yep. He has uh, the mirror that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, he has artifacts from people who committed serious yeah. crimes, who committed this murders. Is true, it, it, it's a weird fascination to collect these weird things that have to do with like the the, the scary and, and and the death and all that weird stuff. So so he that's got, some what North, it was. got some North Decadian bones in I his guarantee museum. Somebody brought him some bones, and they're from these people, and they don't know it. <laughs> He's probably got in his museum right now. So I got human bones. It's, it's illegal to possess human remains like that. Though. FBI, go check out his museum. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, but I mean, so I guess that's another problem, too, is like if somebody somebody was going through their, their you know, great-grandfather's old stuff after he passed away, and they come across this box of bones, <laughs> their their decision is, okay. Damn, Grandpa, what you got there? <laughs> do I tell someone? Do I, do I yeah. risk going to jail? Do I? Or do we get rid of it? Do we get rid of it? Do we just bury him? Yeah. And mo- I think most people would bury him. Looted, though? Yeah, I guess that's a polite way of saying somebody went and jacked the bones and got rid of them. Maybe, like I said, they might have been connected. Maybe. But I doubt it if the guy lived by himself, at least supposedly. Yeah. You know, no, I, I mean, don't know. He, that's, what, that's what he said. I mean, but now, I, I read, also read somewhere that um, there was somebody put out a theory that there was a possibility that he um, was uh, homosexual. Oh, some of the young men that he brought on board. It was it was real sort of like Gacy, Jeffrey Dahmer type of thing. Yeah, because back then it was absolutely forbidden. Right. They hear about that stuff. Especially in the Midwest. Yeah. They run you out of town and possibly even hang you. Mm -hmm. And so there was a theory that he was like a John Wayne Gacy or Jeffrey Dahmer who would hire these people or bring people to his house and then and proceed to uh, uh, groom them into becoming sex slaves. Yeah. So. But you that never know. that was like one theory that I saw somewhere, and and there's literally no like no evidence anywhere to support that theory. No, no. In 2016, the Grand Forks County Sheriff's Department reached out to the public in an effort to find new leads. 
as the old case records were either destroyed or lost. That's, you know, it's just probably just going to have to stay unsolved. I highly doubt anybody no. without anything to start with is going to have any, unless they can go to the house site again, excavate the site and maybe get fragments. I'm pretty sure that they, they, cause since, since the house was raised, they probably also dug the ground around it. I'm sure they did they and destroyed took, any yeah, cause, possibility. Cause in 20, in 1915, it. when they did the first construction, um, um, once they found the bones, I would, I would assume that they would have done a thorough digging of the area in and around that house Yes, and, and picked up anything else they would have, uh, most found. likely sounds sounds logical brother but i i, I agree this is going to remain unsolved because the, all the case files are now gone lost yep. or destroyed all the bones have been stolen by some damn freaky ass people who yeah. who like to collect bones for some reason that's that's whack that's yeah. just whack but you know what never heard this story i'm glad we covered it yeah and i hope uh everybody out there listening to this likes this for this is a creepy one and this is the first time i've heard of a uh well i, I guess yeah, no, because it's very, it's very similar to like Jeffrey Dahmer or John Wayne Gacy, mm-hmm. where you know they they kept the bodies in and under their house. Yeah, you can't tell me that you know mass murderers only started or serial killers only started in the 1900s here right. in the United States or wherever. No, yeah, they've been they've been serial killers for, for millennia. Forever. Yeah, I mean millennia. Jack the Ripper. You know, you know, probably even cavemen probably had serial killers. Probably. But this is one of the few, if if not the only one I've heard of where, you know, he was never suspected of being anything. And there was, there, there's very little information on him from his early childhood. So we have no idea how he grew up. If he had any of the, the prior, the prior indications of um, being a serial killer, like yep. John Wayne Gacy who had, and, and Jeffrey Dahmer, who had all of the, the typical signs growing up of becoming this kind of person. Yep. But then also that his crimes weren't even discovered until after he passed. And possibly because like you said, he concealed the fact, well, not concealed it, so to say, but the fact, you know, like you said, he was a single man, never got married. Right. Fits the MO. He was hiding his, mm-hmm. you know, maybe his preference. At yeah. The time. I don't if, know if that house had stayed in his family and he, like they hadn't sold it and the new person hadn't decided to renovate it, they probably never would have found the bones. That would have been horrible. <laughs> or at least not at least not so soon because they found it two years after he passed, two or three years after he passed. But like the, fa- the house was staying in the family for a while, and at some point it would have gone to someone new who, who purchased the land yeah. or even a company who purchased the land. And, and then and it'd been like 30, 40 years later. By then, there's really no way to, to – I mean, there's no way now. Yeah. But at that point, at 30 years later, everybody's dead who, who was involved with that. Yeah. All the evidence has been it's, severely it's degraded. It's gone. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and the fact that the people—I mean, there's so many weird uh, aspects of the story. You know, there, there's him going insane. There's him being a recluse. Because I mean, an, another recluse, like I said, well, you didn't like I said, he wouldn't get married. Didn't have people around because right. they might accidentally discover the bodies that he'd buried. But even were they even you know were they even buried at that spot? Were they just in the basement for a while? There's no telling. Even even antisocial. Um, uh, uh, anti-social recluse hermit number one, um, Ed Gein, mm-hmm. you know, would at least go into town and talk to people from time to time. Yeah. You know, so he, he, he was, he, you know, he, he had some sort of personality, or whatever to actually talk to people. He was still anti-social or just awkward in public. Yeah. But like he was found out before he died. Yep. You know, they, they, they found out he, they found out he had been robbing graves. Yep. He this is one of the people. first time. Yeah. This is one of the first time I've ever heard of a, 
of somebody being either charged or suspected post-mortem. Right. And, and Gein had, had some mental uh, uh, illnesses as well, yeah. but not to the capacity of this guy who would go riding late at night on his horses screaming <laughs> about, you know, his socks being missing But they probably just whatever. thought he was a crazy old dude and just ignored him and never thought twice about maybe the fact that he was pickaxing some damn drifters I think it's and burying also, them under his house, maybe? It's also know? back in the time when, like, you know, people didn't, like, a lot of people didn't get, like, newspapers and stuff. And so yeah. like, there's, there's not a lot of way to... to you Word know, didn't find get out, out about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man. So that that's the story of the awesome. strange tale of the Midnight Rider. Yes, we could go on forever with theories, but we won't do that. Yeah. Instead, why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find us? I'll be glad to. All sir. right. You can find us on the fourthhand.com network along with our sister project, What the Suck. You can also find us, of course, on the Big Evil Facebook uh twitter and instagram i want to go ahead and give a quick shout out our following is growing by leaps and bounds we're getting all kinds of followers thank you for the support we appreciate it um also yes we have the patreon yes the page, patreon uh patreon.com forward slash state of fear all one word go yes. on there we just put a new one up uh one uh a very special episode of james by himself so if you want to go listen to james's yep. sultry tones for 10 minutes straight <laughs> go check it out it's all if on his can, if you can put up with it yeah. <laughs> it's all on his personal belief in medical conspiracies just a couple of them i i kind of focused it on a couple that i you know that i feel real strong about yeah i, mean, I have a ton of conspiracy theories mm-hmm. maybe i'll come up with some more definitely down the road cool uh but we've got a lot of stuff already up there we got bloopers ad free episodes and we have uh, we have a couple more things in the pipeline that will be on there pretty soon that we're working on we have some very cool stuff yeah right? i'll announce that on the site yeah but, uh that's it man all right but well let's go ahead and get out of north dakota let's head on to the next great state but before we do james Indeed. why let don't me, you uh let me reach, reach in, in the old box here and see what i can dig out here what do you what, what do you got in there what do we got hey, Find anything good? check this out what do you got this week's song is gonna be mystery meets by willie nilly how appropriate i like that name yeah willie nilly is a four-piece band from kingston with members from the gta and ottawa area the band songs cover a diverse range of sounds stemming from a wide variety of influences, mainly in the folk-slash-indie rock genres. Their music might be up the alley of fans of Dr. Dog, Half Moon Run, The Districts, Gang of Utes, and Frightened <laughs> Rabbit, among others. They write, quote-unquote, bummer jams that you can sometimes dance to. Well, that's good. The band has resorted to live streaming twice a week from lead singer Owen's absurdly hot living room <laughs> while also recording an EP of songs written in early quarantine. Very cool. Not bad, man. All right, man, let's do let's this. Let's say we pop it in there and let's get on down the road, brother. Let's do it.
recall that I pay way too much to fix. I was thinking at the time that I'd be dead or rich by 26. I've prayed to everybody's God, head open one of them will stick. Another year getting kicked around, you'll be as cynical as this. Worth my name. 